Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and co-parents of all ages, this podcast is for you. Introducing in the center ring the amicable divorce expert, Judith Weigel. This episode is just going to be you and me. I just wanted to share my thinking, my experiences of the past week, and talk to you in a way that sometimes I can't if you're my client and you're sitting in my office. This episode is about honesty. So you've all heard me say it's better to go through the emotional divorce first, settle the emotions, and then file for the legal divorce. Now, why is that? Well, it's because you can't make good, sound legal decisions if you're still hurt, if you're still fighting, if you're still blaming. If you haven't cleaned up the emotions that got you to the point of asking for a divorce, explaining that you wanted a divorce, or were told that you're going to be divorced, if that hasn't cleaned itself up, you're never going to have a decent legal filing. You're going to spend way too much money. You're definitely going to spend way too much emotion. If you have children, you're going to affect your children in an adverse way. You may lose friends along the way. Guaranteed, your family does not want to listen to you talk about this ad infinitum. Honesty is so important in a number of different ways, and you get to honesty if you truly sort out the emotions of the divorce first. And in my recipe for a heart-healthy divorce, which I'm starting to talk about more and more, it's a four-step program. It talks about step one, essential. Settle the emotional divorce before you file for the legal divorce. Step number two, learn communication skills for conflict because you're going to need them. And in settling the emotional divorce, you're going to have to sharpen your communication skills so that you don't have an adversarial tone of voice, an arrogant tone of voice, so that you choose words that you don't have to apologize for at the end of it so that you can talk in a way that doesn't blame, but just acknowledges what you consider to be pivotal points in the marriage that are leading to the divorce. The third piece of the recipe is to compartmentalize time so that you don't think about the divorce, um, hassle over the divorce, obsess over the divorce 24-7. You need to get divorced while you're living your life. And you can only really do that if you simply focus on settling the emotional divorce first before filing. And then the fourth piece of the recipe is developing a self-care program with laughter. We need to balance out the sadness of the divorce with laughter. I was super lucky. I was asked for the divorce. I almost threw up. Seriously, it was so horrible. It was in a restaurant. I knew the relationship wasn't the best, but I never expected to hear those words, I want a divorce. It's a shocking reality. And if any of you have experienced that, which I'm sure you have, or you wouldn't be listening to this, those are devastating words to get over. And even though you know 
And you do know when the divorce isn't working well. I mean, when the marriage isn't working well, sorry. Just to hear those words come out of your spouse's mouth, it levels the playing field beyond belief. But I was really proud of myself after I picked myself up. I mean, literally picked myself up. I could have blamed, but I didn't. And why? I had my own stuff to deal with. I contributed. No question, I contributed in devastating ways. I contributed differently than he contributed. He contributed in other ways to the the demise of the marriage. But it, it doesn't matter. This isn't a scoreboard. We don't get points for who devastated more. That's what people really gravitate towards. They know they've done stuff, generally. Generally, it's a two-way street. In those divorces, though, those marriages, though, where one person really hasn't, and every now and then there will be a marriage where one person really did great things in the marriage, right there, always with their commitment. And their spouse didn't do great things. Their spouse led a double life. Their spouse did things behind their backs that they had no clue about. You still have to forgive. You still have to do that. You still have to, A, forgive yourself if you didn't know, or if you did contribute to the demise, forgive yourself for that. Identify why, though and apologize. So there are these grief stages that we've also talked about on this podcast, denial, anger, bargaining, acceptance, forgiveness, guilt, shame. It all goes into the grief stages that we have to go through to get through the emotional release, the um, to settle the emotional divorce before we file for the legal divorce. Because if we don't, when we start the filing, even if you're in a no-fault divorce state, and most states are, it comes out. You're, You're still using the hurt and the anger that you haven't processed and gotten over. You're using it while you file. And how are you going to use it? You're going to lie. You're absolutely going to lie. You're going to lie to the people you've hired to help you, whether it's a divorce coach, a therapist, a mediator, a lawyer, you're not going to be honest with us. You're going to leave out valuable pieces of information that even the playing field, that don't make your spouse the worst person walking the face of the earth and all wrong. We all need to hear the truth. And honesty is at the centerpiece of the divorce. Honesty, being vulnerable, having those open conversations while we're dealing with the emotions that we're trying to sort out from the marriage. This is all so, so important. You know, even if we're not really lying, but we're not saying why we're hurt, we're not really talking about what led up to the divorce or what's leading up to the problems in the settlement, because there will be problems in the settlement. Unless you settle the emotional divorce, you will not be able to settle the legal divorce. 
You just won't. You know, I remember this attorney and his wife. They met in a law firm when he was a lawyer and she was a paralegal. He since went on to teach school, um, college, university at one of the major universities in town in the law school. But they met at the law firm, got married, and then married a long time, had children. When the children were grown, then they decided to get divorced. And it was so telling when we got to the mediation. Now, they were nice to each other in my office filing. But when we got to the mediation, I couldn't understand why he did not want to do a true 50% division of his pension. I just couldn't understand why. And it was such a small sliver that was the outstanding amount that he didn't want to divide. And I just, I said, you know what, let's end the mediation now. We've done two hours and that's what, you know, we scheduled for. I need to process and think. There's something going on I'm not understanding. And and I need to think about this before I get back to you as a mediator. On the way home, I said, you know what, I'm going to email him and ask why. Because I really didn't ask why in the mediation you don't want to do a full 50% settlement. So I emailed him before I went to bed. And in the morning when I got up, here was the answer. He said, I never really addressed and dealt with the hurt that I experienced when I came back from sabbatical. So he was traveling on a sabbatical, uh, doing some research for, I, I guess, his college classes. Her mother had died prior to him leaving. Her mother had left her the house free and clear of a mortgage. And without telling him, she moved out of the home she lived in with him, which was community property and had to be divided, or at least, you know, addressed as part of community property. And she moved into her mother's home. And so when he got home, her things were gone. She never mentioned it. Now, as amazing as this is, it happened. And amazing things like this happen all the time. Okay, should I say shocking? Yes. He never addressed it. They then talked about getting divorced. She moved out of the house, so let's get divorced. Only when I said, could you please share why? What is going on that's the stumbling block to equally dividing your pension? Only then did he email both of us and say, I was so hurt that she didn't tell me she was moving out of the house, which is such a big move. And I didn't find out till I got home and saw that her things were gone. House wasn't messed up, but her things were gone. Um, he said he never addressed it. Now that's shocking too. So why wouldn't you address it? Why wouldn't you say I'm hurt? Well, people don't say I'm hurt initially. People get mad. Oh my God. Okay. Well then, all right, let's just file. Let's get it over with. Um, I'll take everything from you. You'll never get the kids. I mean, it escalates from, okay, let's get divorced to, these threats that can never, ever materialize, never materialize. 
So in the anger of finding out that you're getting divorced or that your spouse wants to be divorced or that you are telling your spouse you want to get divorced and what you get back is resistance. What you get back is anger, um, threats that can never hold water. Because if you go to see an attorney, you'll see it will never hold water. But people don't think about that. People don't think about the outrageous things that are coming out of their mouths that they don't know what they're saying. They don't understand that you can't take the kids you can't take the house. You can't have things your own way. No, the laws of the state are going to preside. But this is how freaked out people get. I'll even take it one step further. Let's just say there's really nothing much to divide, but you haven't gone through the real emotional settling of the marriage. You haven't had the heart-to-heart talk or you haven't gone to therapy and let a therapist help you unwind the marriage. It is so important that together you unwind the marriage, not to blame, but just to explain what has been going on inside of you that has made you make the decisions that you've made in the marriage that apparently is leading to the demise of the marriage. So if you haven't done that, and, and it still is a very simple marriage, and let's say one, let's say there's only the house to divide. There's no pensions, there's no real debt, there's only one community asset, and it's the house. It's the hardest thing to divide, of course. And you're talking about dividing the house. But you're really not talking about why the marriage didn't work. I'll tell you, it could easily be being as honest as saying, I knew in my heart it wasn't the right thing to get married. Do you know how many people get married and they know in their heart it's not the right thing to do? Oh, yes. They check the boxes. Here's why people get married. A, they're getting older. And if they're not married in their 20s, they're freaked out. They'll never get married. Or this potential spouse checks all the right boxes. He or she uh, comes from the type of family we want. Uh, He or she has a good job. Looks like they'll be a good provider. Both people will contribute. Um, He or she may sound like they want the same things, but in your gut, it just doesn't feel right. Or as you're planning the wedding, everything sounds fine. And then when you go into planning the wedding, it just doesn't feel right. It becomes more real as the days move forward and you're spending money, the invitations are going out. But you're not feeling happier and happier, you're actually feeling more and more constricted, and you go through it anyway. I've had a couple clients that uh, were physically assaulted um, leading up to the marriage on the day of the, or on the day of the marriage. What do you do in that case? Do you still walk down the aisle? I had a client whose husband uh, that day taking pictures, hit her, punched her, 
I don't know what was said to create that dynamic, but she, I mean, what do you do? You're standing there. Of course you think we can deal with this after the fact. Of course you think that. I love him. He loves me. There are things you can't change. Like it or not, there are things you can't change. So anyway, this couple, when I asked and he said, I never really shared how hurt I was, how devastated I was that she moved out of the house and didn't even say anything to me. Just let me see that her things were gone. It crushed him and he never said it. And this is interesting with people. Apologies are tough. Accepting the reality of your behavior is really difficult. And so in that email, I was waiting for her to respond. And she didn't. So I called her when I got in the office. And I said, so what did you think about what he said? Okay, I understand. I said, well, are you going to respond? Should I? Yes, you should. This is the time where you have to have the talk you never had. And she said, okay. I mean, I, I was... I was fascinated that she even had to be told, yes, you have to respond. But this is how we do not have the emotional intelligence we need and the communication skills that are vital to be able to have these open, vulnerable conversations. And let me tell you, once you have them, the weight of the world is lifted from your shoulders. Now you can move ahead. And it happened in that conversation. So they went out to dinner like one or two nights later and called me back and said, we don't need any more information in uh, mediation. We don't need any more mediation. Um, we're good. We talked. We finally had the talk. I, 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 now that as a mediator, I'm willing to not make the money. That made me so happy that that it could happen, that just saying, could you please share why it's so difficult for you to make a clean 50% division of the pension? He said, because I was so hurt. This is my way of saying I'm hurt. But if you didn't really say why you were hurt, she would never know. And if you didn't have somebody engaged, a mediator, me, somebody to move the discussion forward, they may never have had that talk. And that talk was really important. Why? They had grown kids. There were going to be family events coming up. Grandchildren. They needed to be good. So settling the emotional divorce is all ultimately important. Now, what if you've already filed? Well, I can guarantee you, if you haven't settled the emotional divorce and you've already filed, you're going through stress you don't have to go through. You've either had to hire attorneys that you didn't need to hire. So you're spending more money than you have to. Or you're not allowing your attorneys to really know what's going on because you're harboring your own level of culpability in the marriage and you may be shading the spouse totally or it's just taking way too long to get through the legal side. It should not take that long to get through the legal part of the divorce if you've gone through the emotional divorce. Honesty is the most important part of this. 
I cannot tell you, solutions in the legal side of the divorce are so much easier if you're honest, if you don't try and blame the other spouse. So let me tell you about another story. This all comes out in mediation. You know, this cannot be resolved unless you go into mediation. A good mediator will be able to move you through the communication, the discussion, the negotiation, and they'll be able to say, let's put a pin in it. You have bigger fish to fry. You two need to get to therapy. You two need to sit down and talk outside of mediation if possible. But, you know, but a lot of mediators have the emotional intelligence to not function as therapists, but to allow the emotion to come out in a mediation. Sometimes I've even said, you know what? I'm going to leave you two in the room together to talk. I think we're at a point now where you're ready to have the reality conversation, the heartfelt conversation. I think you two are ready to be vulnerable. And when I've come back in the room, we now have a different conversation going forward. So here's another example, something else. The relationship has been growing apart for a while. And maybe you work together in a business. And now you see each other every day. And it's really hard to keep the marriage together if you're working together. It's an extra special couple that can do that. And you really have to work on separating out that business from personal life. It's very hard. And quite often, one person has to leave the business just so the marriage can sustain itself. But this was, these were raw emotions coming out. The wife really, this is a different situation. The The wife really, really, really was hurt. The wife was so raw that She was crying throughout the entire mediation and angry. And he, in his way of coping with it, just became distant, not emotional at all, complete wall up. In fact, it almost seemed cruel, the coldness that came out of him. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? What's going on? So they had to divide their business. They had to deal with co-parenting. They didn't have the money to establish two residences. So they kind of had to still stay on property. Um, so they had to separate out the way they lived. But when they came into the first mediation, I said, I don't think you're ready to mediate. I understand you both want to move forward. I understand that you work together, although they could arrange themselves so that they didn't see each other at work. They could arrange their schedules like that. So that was in their favor. But they needed to have the heart to heart. They really did. And when I got them individually, Um, she was living in the past. She was describing a marriage that existed years ago, but not now. So she was living in the past and she was thinking like so many of us do, the past will come back. Things happen in a marriage, parents die, um, uh, 
that that was one of the things that happened in in, in their and their marriage. But something else happened. I can't remember. But life gets in the way. Life presents challenges to us that we maybe deal with differently in our marriages, and that causes pause for alarm. That causes ooh maybe a little bit of distance. But you got to get back. You got to repair that distance. And if that isn't repaired, you keep growing farther and farther apart. So when I got her separately, she was describing a marriage that I don't think existed anymore. Because when I got him separately, he gave me a different, he gave me a different version. And then I said to him, since you have another relationship and this is on the surface, what's causing the divorce or the marriage and the marriage to end. I said, did you ever sit down and have a heart to heart? Did you A, ever apologize? Even if the marriage was crumbling, you didn't have to start another relationship until you dealt with the marriage. And that's, that's something for all of you. Infidelity. Look, infidelity isn't a crime. And there are reasons why people have other relationships. Those reasons are what have to be dealt with, not to blame the other person. So hard not to blame. But to look at why emotions changed, why distance happened. And then, but you got to apologize for starting another relationship until the marriage was cleaned up and you both decided how you were going to move forward. It takes a lot of self-control, but you have to do that or you have to seriously apologize. And it may not be accepted immediately, but if you continue to say, I am so sorry I did this. I don't think I was going to continue with the relationship anyway, but I'm so sorry I did this. And you're going to have to let your spouse deal with it. And spouse, if you're the one uh, that has to deal with infidelity, you got to get over it at some point in time. You just have to. I had to. It happened to me, but I did other things that counterbalanced it. You know, I was not without my own stuff. And I knew that. So I was not going to focus on infidelity. No, that was just a symptom that something was going wrong. I stepped back. This is why I can talk about it. That was my immediate reaction. I'm not blaming. That came out in the divorce talk. It was easily admitted. I have another uh, relationship. Okay. But I know why you have another relationship. I know why, because I was in the marriage. I saw the distance. I saw this wasn't working. And by the way, I think we both knew leading up to the marriage that we shouldn't be getting married, that we should spend more time together, live together longer. I think that was one of our issues. We just didn't spend enough time together leading up to the marriage. And I felt a pit in my stomach. I kind of thought it wasn't the right reason, and I went ahead anyway. And I'm thinking maybe he did too, but even if he didn't, I did. And I had to, I had to admit that to myself. And when I admitted that to myself, it took away the blame. So I never blamed him. And I'm so happy I never did. 
And that's what I want to share with all of you. If you can dial it back right now and sit down and have the heart to heart, even if you've started filing, you're going to have a much easier time. Honesty is so very important. It's, it should be the centerpiece in our lives, in every phase of our lives, that it absolutely has to be the centerpiece in a divorce. You both have to be emotionally honest with one another, and you have to accept the responsibility where it, it lies. And honest, and, 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 and honestly, if you really are the spouse that, that did nothing, that was always there, that could always be counted on, that did the right thing. And now you're shocked into the reality that you have a spouse that was different than you thought. Okay, you have every right to be angry. You have every right to say, you ruined my life. Well, you ruined the life that you imagined for yourself. But you can still create a different life. And maybe the different life you're going to create is going to be better than what you have. Maybe you're going to find a bigger love of your life. You know, maybe you're going to have opportunities now that you wouldn't have had. So you have to allow yourself. You have to allow the change. And I'll say this differently. You have to allow the change that divorce is going to create to guide your life in a better way. You have to believe that that can happen. And with the right intentions, with, with forgiveness, with understanding that life can kick you in the pants when you least expect it, but that's okay. I'm going to look at this as a learning lesson. I'm going to look at this as a growth experience. I'm going to take this unpalpable thing that just happened, which is I'm going to get divorced. And I'm going to make this work for me. It will work for you. Solutions are more simple than you think if you are honest and open to growing. And that's my message for today. So thank you very much for joining me. I hope this has put some clarity going forward. I, I, I hope this has made you feel a little bit better and giving you the tools to move in a less emotional way, in a more forgiving way, which will only benefit you. Please let me, please let me know what you think. I, I'm so interested. You can do that through my website, theamicabledivorceexpert.com, through SpeakerPipe, and I'll get those emails. I will respond to you. Please subscribe if you don't. Please tell your friends about this. My whole goal in this is to give you a better way to get divorced. And as always, have an amicable day. That's our show for today. Thank you for joining us. Be good to yourselves, be kind to your spouse, and cherish your children above all else.